0: Hey guys, skincare can be complicated, especially for men who have never had a skincare routine. That's where Tiege Hanley comes in. Tiege Hanley is a men's skincare company that helps guys start and maintain a healthy skincare routine by making the process uncomplicated. Every single box comes with an instruction card that tells you when to use each product, how much to use, and in what order. It is so easy and it's so effective. In fact, let me recommend this. The Level 1 system is the easiest way to get started, and it comes with all of the basics that you dudes need to take care of your skin. I'm telling you, for the longest time, I never even cared. But I know that I've got to be in front of a camera every single day, so I've got to take care of my skin. And Hanley makes it so easy for all of the reasons I mentioned. Listen, have you noticed a difference in the way your skin looks and feels? I have, but don't just take my word for it. Tiege Hanley has over 5,000, 5,000 five-star reviews on their website from customers worldwide. And because Tiege Hanley is sponsoring today's episode, they're offering you an amazing deal. Just go to Tiege.com slash and you'll get 30% off your first box, plus a free gift. That's T-I-E-G-E.com slash Rome. An amazing deal. Check it out for yourself, and let me know what you think.
1: MJ. Paul Pierce and Antoine Walker, they out there chirping at each other the entire game. And I'm like, man, I gotta guard this dude, man. Y'all got to relax. Like, you know what I mean? Like I was (laughs) like, I'm living out a dream right now. Jim, I was quiet. Hey, look, I wasn't trying to start nothing. I just wanted to hoop, have fun. I didn't want to rally him up and hit it. And he still finished with, with like 32. I think he was 40 years old.
0: Hey now, what's crackin'? Welcome to the Jim Rome Podcast. We are up to episode 219, and this week we are going one-on-one with an isolation scoring legend. An 18-year vet of the association, a seven-time all-star, and a dude that you probably know as Iso-Joe. That's right, my guest this week is Joe Johnson. If you have ever caught any NBA in, I don't know, this century, then you know all about Iso-Joe. He started his career with the Celtics after landing in Boston with the 10th overall pick in 2001, and 19 years and 305 days later, he suited up for the Seas once again this past December on a 10-dayer. And he's had an amazing hoops journey in between with stops with the Suns, the Hawks, the Nets, the Heat, the Jazz, and the Rockets, plus, of course, the Big Three, where he's a two-time MVP. If ever there was a basketball lifer, it's Iso Joe, which is why... I wanted to catch up with him, and I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. It is great. It is episode 219 with former NBA All-Star Joe Johnson, and it's coming at you right now. Joe, so you and I spoke after you made that incredible return to the Celtics, which I do want to reset in a moment or two and talk about a few things that we did not get into in that conversation, but my guy, bring me up to date. How are you living? How is everything in your world right now, Joe?
1: Uh, everything is great. Uh, I've been busy, uh, you know, getting my yoga studio together. My, my first one. Uh, I've been a big advocate of high yoga since about 2009. So uh, I'm really getting into that space and I'm looking forward to this opportunity that's uh, been given to me.
0: All right, so I want to ask you about that. When you and I last spoke, we were talking about that, and you were setting it up to get a studio. Now, when you first got into it in 2009, I remember you and I talked about this too. You told the undefeated quote, man, I'm not fixing to do no damn hot yoga. So now here you are in that space. What changed? What do you like about it?
1: Uh, Man, you know, it it gives me... You know, not, not only the great things that it does for me physically, it's, it's it's a it's a detox every time you come into that room. But mentally, man, it keeps me sharp. Uh, it keeps me going. It Keep, keeps me pushing. It's got me through the toughest times of my life. You know, these past three years have been kind of, you know, rough with, you know, losing my mom and things like that. So yoga has been, you know, my outlet. Yo, yoga, fitness, and, and hoops. So... Uh, I take yoga very seriously, man. It's definitely healing, and I just try to invite people to their room and to their space to uh, kind of gain an experience that's, that's life-changing.
0: Well, that's really something. That's really interesting. So, for instance, what is the business plan? Are you starting with a single studio in the ATL? Where and how is this going down?
1: Yeah, I'm starting with uh, my first studio uh, uh, getting done here in Atlanta. And uh, from there, you know, we just kind of go from there. But for right now, uh, this this has all my focus uh, because this is like my baby, man. This is, you know, when, when I fell in love with basketball at the age of seven, you know, that was different. Like, I love hoops. I took a basketball where I went. And now that I'm in this space with yoga, uh, you know, I'm a little older. I kind of know what, what to expect. And it's fun for me. So I enjoy this passion. And like I said, man, this opportunity has been uh, amazing to me just throughout the whole process.
0: Good for you. So, Joe, like you said, you're a little bit older right now, so you now know some things that you didn't know back then. As an example, what would a 40-year-old Joe Johnson tell, say, a 21- or a 23-year-old Joe Johnson?
1: Hey, take care of your body. You only got one, all right? Uh, You know, I've always been a guy who's, uh, even at a young age, who's always in the gym, always working out, You know, I never followed the crowd, man. I always just wanted, you know, better for myself. And, you know, getting into yoga, obviously I didn't see see this when I first got started. But, I mean, this is the best place for me.
0: You know, Jay, you go all the way back. Like you said, you always took care of your body. And if we were to go all the way back, you grew up in Little Rock, Arkansas. Pretty much just you and your mom who you mentioned. And I do want to talk about your mom. But what was that like, just the two of you together in Little Rock growing up? What was that childhood like?
1: Uh, it was fun, man. It was fun. Uh, although I was the, you know, my mom's only child. I got two sisters on my dad's side. But, you know, we didn't have a close connect. So uh, it was kind of like, you know, I, I didn't really, you know, get to spend a lot of time with them as ex- youngsters But, uh, you know, I had have, I have friends in the neighborhood. So, you, you know, everything was great. My mom did whatever she had to do to, you know, pay the bills for that. And that was working two and three jobs. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it was rough. But you, you, we got through it, man. She, she handled her business.
0: All right, so, like, you talked about you always loved the game. Like, you fell in love with the game at an early age. You always had that great handle, that great, great handle. I'm curious, was that God-given, or did you learn that and work to create that?
1: Yeah, it's, 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 it's all God-given, Jim. I, you know, <laughs> but, no, I put in some work, man, to improve the skills that, you know, that I was given. And uh, handling the basketball at a young age was probably my best skill because I wasn't the biggest— the biggest person or the biggest guard or the biggest player on the team growing up. I was always like kind of middle of the pack, but I always had a great handle. And uh, as I grew, it just kind of stuck with me, man. And, you know, it, it it opened up a lot of doors for me.
0: Right. So Joe, like for instance, when you first saw AI burst onto the scene and you saw him crossing dudes over the way he did, what kind of thoughts did you have?
1: Try not to get crossed over. Uh, (laughs) Right. Hey, you know, when I was a rookie, when I came into the NBA, man, I didn't get a lot of sleep. I didn't get a lot of sleep because I was just so stoked and geeked up about playing. next day. MJ came back, he was playing with the Wizards. And you got Vince Carter in Toronto, T-Mac. Uh, you, you got uh, 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 Reggie Miller, Ray Allen. Like, it was tough. Every night I was getting, you know, I, I was playing against veteran guys, man. So for me, that was fun because it was always
0: a challenge. Hey, Joe, you wrote a great piece, in fact, for the Players' Tribune recently, and it starts off with this quote, I got one of the last good MJ stories, man, end a quote. Hey, Joe, everybody loves a good story, and everybody loves a good MJ story. For those who did not read that piece, what is one of the last good MJ stories?
1: What is one of my last good MJ stories?
0: Yeah. I
1: don't know, Jim.
0: I, I can help think. you. Like, you like you started that piece with that. The thing is, like, you, Joe, to your point, every night, man, like, there were, like, icons and legends when you were a rookie, and you were so geeked oh, no. up, you were so hyped up.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, that moment. My rookie year when uh, uh, we playing against the Wizards, this was, like, this was third game of the season, my rookie year. I'm starting, and I got a guard, MJ. And uh, MJ, Paul Pierce, and Antoine Walker, they out there chirping at each other the entire game and i'm like man i gotta guard this dude man y'all got to relax like you know what i mean like i was like like, i'm living out a dream right now but at the end of it, it it was so fun man i went home and watched the whole game all over again so you know and it's still for me one of my most iconic moments as a professional for
0: sure. Dude, I love that. I love that. So yeah, I know Paul was talking, and I'm Mike, even at the end of the line, right, even at that age, Mike had to be talking. Was he talking to you when you were checking him? Were you talking to him at all? Was there anything going back and forth between the two of you? Hey, Jim,
1: Jim, I was quiet. Hey, look, I wasn't trying to start nothing. I just wanted to hoop, have fun. I didn't want to rally him up or hit it in. He still finished with, with, like, 32. I think he was 40 years old.
0: That's incredible. Like you, you don't want to get on the wrong side of Mike, even at 40. Do you have an account with Coinbase? Or are you thinking of opening one? Cryptocurrency may represent the future of money, and it is one of the most exciting investment opportunities to come around in quite some time. But, but, what about the taxes? Have you thought about that? With an auto-crypto IRA, you can trade crypto, like Bitcoin, and avoid or defer the taxes. Get into investing in crypto, I have, but do it in a tax-advantaged retirement account. Alto's Crypto IRA is the easiest way to get crypto into an IRA. That way you can trade all you want without the tax headache. And you can create an account in only a few minutes and invest with as little as $10. No setup charges and no account fees. And secure trading 24-7 through Alto's integration with Coinbase. So why would you not do this? Open up an Alto Crypto IRA with as little as $10. Just go to AltoIRA.com slash Rome. That's A L T O I R A dot com slash Rome and start investing in cryptocurrency today. Go to AltoIRA.com slash Rome. AltoIRA.com slash Rome. So, Joe, like for instance, right. we we talked about you growing up in Little Rock, which meant, of course, you saw those cats at Arkansas playing forty minutes of hell under Nolan Richardson. When you saw that, like, what did you think? Did that look like fun to you, or did that look like hell?
1: No, it looked fun because you know they, they wasn't just playing through one person. It wasn't one guy dominating. It was like, all, right, all you got if you can hustle, play hard, you'll get a shot. You know what I mean? You'll get a chance to handle the ball. You'll get a chance to shoot. So it was almost like equal opportunity and I was cool with that because, you know, you had to put it into work. You had to grind to get out there on the floor, and, and, and in order to stay out there on the floor, you had to play hard. So I think as a kid, you know, Coach Nolan Richardson, he endured a lot of hardship, uh, a lot of hard work in me, man, and I, and I really appreciate him for that because, yeah. you know, college, for me, college was the first time I really was away from my mom. Like, I, I, you know, had to wake up at 5 in the morning and go work out. I wasn't used to none of that. So, you yeah, know, I'm very appreciative of him. Uh, Coach Nolan Richardson and Mike Anderson, uh, you know, stealing
0: that in me. I, I like both those guys. I I used to talk to Nolan, Joe, on this show back in the day when he coached. I always like to talk to him. One of my best friends – I mean, I hate, go go ahead and pick up this name that I'm going to drop. One of my guys that we came up together is Eric Musselman. What do you make of how my guy is doing with the Hogs right now?
1: Man, he's doing a tremendous job. You know, I think in this era – you know, if you can get the kids to buy in to what you're selling, and uh, get them to play hard for you, I mean that's 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 the majority of the battle. I mean, talent is gonna be talent, but when they touch their floor, you know they you know they take after their head coach. And Coach Musselman has you know he has so much energy, man. He he pours it in them kids, and when they touch the floor, you can see it.
0: I love that, Joe. I love that you think that highly of him. That that pumps me up. And I agree. Yeah. He He's always been like that. He's a huge energy guy. You know, you've mentioned your mom a couple of times. I want to share something with you. I actually went through something similar to what I think that you went through. My father yeah. had leukemia and there were times when, Joe, it was really dire and it was really scary, really scary. Yeah. But then there were times yeah. where it would be in remission and we'd all be relieved only to have it come back with a vengeance your mother was diagnosed with cancer in 09. Did you have a similar experience to the one I just described?
1: The exact same experience, but you know, I was so I, I, it was so new. It was so new to me that I didn't understand. Like, you know, at first when she tell me she's in remission or she tell me she's all right, I'm just taking her word. I didn't really know what that what that meant. Uh, but when it when it did finally, you know, it kept coming back. But it came back that last time at advanced stages and yeah it was scary it was that was the 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 scariest moment of my life
0: you know what joe it's like a different generation man they just they're built differently like my dad i've told this story before but you and i haven't talked about this like when he was diagnosed at age 50 he pulled me and my sister aside and my mother, and they're like, "We're not telling anybody." I'm like, "What do you mean you're not telling anybody? What they're not going to know?" He was like this old Boston guy. He was a tough guy. He's like, "No, we're not telling anybody. They just they were built differently, right?" I bet your mom tried to protect you from it and didn't want you to know.
1: Oh, right, right, right. Absolutely, that's what it was. I think, uh, you know, she was uh, she was trying to protect me and didn't want me to worry, but. Man, when you're in that situation, that's just it's part of life, man. It, it uh, you know, I think those situations, you know, help mold you and build build character. You know, I've, uh, it I'll, it definitely strengthened me. You know, those those times when uh, when I was when I was with her before she uh, passed away. So, yeah, that's uh, I think it definitely was that. You know, I think you're right.
0: I'm sorry, I think you're right. I was going to say, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I think you're right. Like, do you mention that? So I want to ask you about this in 2018, when she was really ill, she, she wanted to come home and she wanted to be with you and want to spend time with you. I, I want to ask you this. Are you grateful that you had that time with her in the end or was it too gut wrenching or heartbreaking? What was that like?
1: Damn, it's Jim. It's, uh, it's tough, man. Like, you know, uh, I did enjoy, you know, the last, you know, few weeks with after you know, just basically like me and her went to the doctor. I went to took her to the doctor and doc just told us he was like, you know, uh, you know, you won't make it through this year. He told he told me and her that while we sitting right there. And uh, you know, when he said that to me, I'm like, All right, well, at least I get a couple months with her but it wasn't even a couple months. It was less than that. I think he was just softening the blow, you know, uh kind of when he told us but It's like from that moment on, we went home. She wanted she wanted to stay, she wanted to be in her house in her bed uh, with me. So we just went back to the house and just kind of relaxed, you know, for the past, you know, a few weeks and you know, it just kinda happened.
0: And now a message from Discover About Rewards. If you are a loyal credit card customer, you should be rewarded for your loyalty, preferably with something that's useful, like Cashback Mash, for instance. Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year, finally rewards that make sense. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com match. Limitations do apply. You know, and then I asked Joe not to pry, but because we've, I, people who've been through this know exactly what you're talking about. And I know what you're talking about. And then she goes, and she goes to a better place. And then, I mean, you guys had such a bond. Like, like you had other siblings, but it was you and your mom, and that's how the way it always was. And then all of a sudden, do you wake up like, hey, man, now I got to do this myself. Now I've got to figure it out, all out on my own. Now it's me. Is that how it was?
1: Yeah, that's the—I think that was the hardest part because, you know, my mom does. So she does—she was— uh, you know, doing so much for me, like you know, paying my bills, doing that type of thing. So she was just being a mother, and from that point on, it was like I had to figure everything out. I had to, you know, you know whether it was uh, the insurance, whether it was you know taking care of the house, or whether it was, you know whatever I needed, I you know I didn't have nobody to you know ask. I just had to kind of figure it out myself, and that's kind of what I've been doing for the past three years.
0: Right. Oh, I, I can totally yeah. see. I can totally see how that would be the case. So then, yeah. Joe, who who first brought up the idea of playing in the big three, and what did you think of that when you first heard about it?
1: Uh, my college teammate General Pargo uh like my best friend. You know, me and him talk. He knew that uh, you know I was. It was going to be a tough time for me, and the fact that I wasn't in the NBA, you know, he felt playing in the big three would have been would have been pretty awesome, you know, to give me something to look forward to, keep me working and uh, kind of, you know, keep my mind, trying to get my mind away from it a little bit. And that's just kind of how I did, That's kind of how I made my decision on playing the big three. Uh, so I took that opportunity and uh, we played in the big three. I had so much fun, man. That was probably the best decision I could have made at that time. You know, because it did give me an outlet. Uh, you know, I had so much fun. I appreciate Ice Cube for the opportunity, and you know, everything's been kind of you know up since then.
0: Yeah, the thing is, Joe, like it, it gave you an outlet, and maybe it took your mind off other things. But you got after it, like you put in the work, right? You attacked that thing.
1: Yeah, I. You know, the one thing I tell you, Jim, I didn't have any distractions, man. I, uh, you know, just from you know losing her. I was just putting in the work, you know. I didn't, I wasn't out partying, hanging out. Really, didn't want to be around friends, things of that sort. So I just took care of myself, you know, throughout this time.
0: I get that, I get that. Yeah. So, Joe, what I'm curious about is this: so you're locked in and you're focused and you're putting in the time, but you're around those fellas, you're around the big three. What was the camaraderie like in that league?
1: Uh no, it was sick. It was sick, Jim. They uh. <laughs> it was like no hose bars around there, but it was it was fun too, man. Listen, it, it gives guys, you know, who still – who played in the NBA or, you know, now because they, they lowered the age limit, guys can come in and play at a high level or who still can play at a high level and have fun, and it still gives you, you know, a national stage. I thought Q was genius with that. Uh, so we're just trying to obviously make the league better so it can continue to grow and improve.
0: All right, so like I love Cube. I love what he did with that. He, I mean, Cube always had that vision. So you win the MVP award and you're playing really well in the Big Three, and then Joe, your agent hits you up one day. What did your agent say to you? Uh,
1: with, with, were you talking about the time when I went to Detroit or the time I went to Boston?
0: Boston. All
1: right. So uh, it was my. This was December nineteenth. It was my daughter's birthday. Me and her were out. I took her to uh, dinner. We wanted to eat. She just turned eight. And uh, I got a phone call from my agent. He was uh, telling me that he's like, man, there might be a chance, you know, uh, Boston could use you, you know, for a 10-day. She's talking about the COVID issue. They got so many guys in COVID. He's like, but it's not for sure, you know. Uh, but I just kind of wanted to give you a heads up. I'll call you back in about 45 minutes and kind of let you know. Well, he called me back. He called me back less than 45 minutes and asked me at the time, I think it was, may have been about six o'clock. And he asked me, can I make like a 930 flight? And obviously I did, but I made the flight and got to Boston and, you know, the rest is history.
0: Right, so when you consider, Joe, that they drafted you, you had a really good rookie year there, in fact. So you get there, and you're alone. You're in that gym before that first game. You're getting your shots up, like, 45 minutes. You're on that first pro court that you ever played on. Like, that hour before that game, like, you were alone on that floor. What was that like? What kind of thoughts were you having?
1: Man, I was so ready for that moment, to be honest with you, Jim. Uh, and and I appreciate that minute and 57 seconds that I got and you know, had some fun with it. But, man, I, I have been working out. I've been working my butt off for the past two, three years. So that was nothing to me. You know, I don't – you know, I put it into work daily, you know, not knowing what to expect. That just kind of came – that was just, you know, kind of came in my way as, you know, as I continue to work my butt off uh, to improve. Uh, I got that chance with, with Boston. But, yeah, I was so prepared for it. It was fun, though. I got a chance to see those guys, how they work. And it's amazing to see you know, them sweep uh, Brooklyn. I, I, that, was, that was big.
0: Hey, I'm going to ask you about that in a minute. One last thought, Joe. I think you, because of who you are and the success you've had, you you know, obviously, right? You, you didn't get ready. You stayed ready. To your point, you had been doing the work. What was it like when you hit the floor during that game and got the reaction that you got from the fans and knocked in that shot?
1: I, I'm telling you, man, I didn't feel like, I didn't feel nervous. I don't, the only thing that kind of, you know, gave me a little butterflies was when they started chanting, you know, chanting that they wanted me in the game. Like I had never been a part of that, so to get that, I'm like, oh my god, really? That is <laughs> but, awesome. But, but hey, hey, but but yeah, it, it was it was definitely awesome. I appreciate the Boston fans for that. Obviously, you know they're class act, uh, but they made it worth my while. And that minute fifty seven seconds was uh, was awesome, man. I appreciate. <laughs>
0: What do we want when we're craving protein and we need more energy? I'll tell you what we don't want. Bars, sugary snacks, energy drinks. Nah, we want beef, pure and simple. So where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper Beef Jerky. Old Trapper is not your father's jerky. Shriveled, dry, tasteless. No, Old Trapper Beef Jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. So it's tender and tasty. It's never tough. So why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for their relentless commitment to quality. In other words, they take smoked beef extremely seriously and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein and comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest it goes with you wherever you go. To the game, to the gym, to the beach, anywhere at all. So look for Old Trapper in the clear view bag. You can see the quality that you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, with your beef? Can I tell you something, man? Like you know this already, Joe. Like that's it's hard to earn that respect, especially from yeah. Boston fans, man. To get that kind of love and that kind of respect, man, that you you yeah. earn that. You gotta be a different cat to show up like that and yeah. for them to be chanting for you to get in the game. You mentioned it was it was great to see them sweep the nets the way they did. Man, Boston, the the way the team, the way they D up, the way they move the ball, what kind of thoughts did you see as they swept the net or thoughts do you have as you saw them sweep the nets?
1: Man, uh, I, I, I wouldn't say they surprised me, but, you know, to, to see Tatum take that challenge and guard, uh, and I know it's not, you know, Tatum versus Durant, but, you know, he he played his butt off that series, this, this past series against Durant. And just making it tough, like, you know, just uh, uh, putting a hand in his face, blocking shots, being a pest defensively and still scoring on the offensive end, like that's elite. Like, uh, I I think he's – I mean, he showed me a lot this series.
0: Listen, Joe, before you go, a couple of things. We don't know. I don't know. I'm not here to judge anybody or anything, even though that's what people in my business do nowadays. But, like, when you see Ben Simmons, if you had to guess – I'm just saying, if you had to guess, what do you think his teammates are thinking about him right now?
1: (laughs) I don't know, man. I, I really, honestly, Jim, I don't want to speculate because, you know, uh, I don't know the security of, you know, his back problems or the mental issues either. So, you know, it's kind of it's a touchy subject. But, you know, that was – I mean, I'm sure they probably all hurt behind it. But, you know, you got to get a man time to heal, you know.
0: That's what I'm saying. I want to be careful how I ask that question. Before you go, you when you were in Atlanta – And you signed that max extension. That was a really different thing. Like, like you were with the Suns, and you guys were unbelievable, man. The talent on that team. And then you had a chance to sign as a free agent with the Hawks. And then you go there and you're playing really, really well. And you guys push the eventual world champs to seven games. And then you had your moment. You signed that max extension. I'm kind of curious. So few people understand what that's like. What's it like to be the guy all of a sudden where all eyes are on you, all responsibility is on you, and you're one of the first guys to get that big deal?
1: Man, uh, you know, it comes with you know great work, man. You have to put in the work when you – you know, you get that type of money, uh, you have to be able to lead a franchise. You know, that's what they're expecting. So, by any means, you know, you got to put in the work. You got to be the hardest working guy on the team, first guy in the gym, and the last one to leave. That's that's what comes with that. And if you ain't ready to do that or put that work in or put that type of time in, then it's going to be hard to be successful, you know, uh, in that realm of things. So, yeah, man, that, that max contract comes with a lot.
0: Seems to me, Joe, like I don't I don't care who you are in life, whatever you do, it'd be hard enough just to manage yourself and be the best version of yourself. If you get that max, are you not only responsible for getting the best out of yourself, but are you supposed to also get, make sure everybody else is getting the best out of themselves too? Is that part of the job?
1: Yeah, that's part of the max contract. Like you, you're an extension of the coach as when we out there on the floor, you know, the head coach ain't going to be out there all the time. So <laughs> The guys who making the top money, man, they, they got to be the guys who step up and say some when things need to be said. So, uh, I mean, yeah, it, it definitely comes with being a max guy. So, uh, you know, I wasn't a very vocal guy, but I had to be at times. Uh, so, yeah, it comes with the territory.
0: All right, so let me finally ask you this. You're working on the studio. That's your new passion. That's your thing. You mentioned your daughter. I want to ask you about you've got a teenage son as well. I'm kind of curious, like, yeah. now that you know what you know, what are the types of things, and I, I've got a teenage son and believe me, I deal with this, and I've got a son in college. I'm curious, what types of things do you tell your teenage son as it relates to what it takes to be successful on and off the floor? Like, if you were to give him the so-called recipe or the secret, what would it be?
1: Man, exactly what I just told you. You got to be the hardest worker in the locker room. Uh, you know, talent is talent, Jim. Like he, my son is talented. He He can play. He got talent. I'm not worried about the talent part but it's the hard work that that has to go with that that talent. Like if if you talented and you work hard, nobody can outwork you, man, the sky's the limit for you. But it's a lot of talented guys out here who ain't had no work ethic and never got a shot. So, you know, I always preach work ethic, man, you know, get your two miles in, do your 100 pushups, you know, things like that, because in doing that throughout that process, it'll instill something in you that you didn't know that was inside of you. You know what I mean?
0: Yes. Be the hardest worker in the room. So my final my final question then, Joe, is does he want it for himself as badly as you want it for him? Because if you're like me, and I think probably in this regard you are, I tell my sons all the time, hey, my life worked out. My life worked out. I'm not living vicariously through you. I just want you to know the world's hard, man. And believe me, me riding you is not fun. I don't want to do this. I'm trying to help you. So do your kids want it for themselves as much as you want it for them? And is it okay if they don't?
1: No. I don't know. I'm not sure if he wants it more for himself than I do. I don't think he understands that part right now. Uh, You know, so... I try and lead by example, but yeah, I you know, I don't like having to uh like make him get up and do something. You know, like if if you show me that 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 uh you looking to improve, like you have to wanna improve, you have to wanna get better, like you have to you have to want information, man. Just you know, you just put in the work. Like we, we got everything at our house to be a top flight hoop if you wanna be. You know, I never I never go out. There. I never come, go in his room and make him go downstairs and shoot on the shooting gun. I don't never make him do none of that. I, I use all that stuff, and he, you know, sometimes watch, sometimes he joins. It just depends.
0: But well, it's hard. Yeah. Oh, well, I understand, dude, and <laughs> trust me, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about, Joe. What is <laughs> the name of the studio? Is it officially open? If people are in the area and they want to go and they want to join up, what do they do?
1: Uh, it's called. Okay, look, it's called ISO Yoga. We won't be open uh, to probably like early August. I'll be honest with you. I don't have an exact date, but that's the date we're shooting for. Uh, It's gonna be awesome, man. I I, I promise you. It'll be be definitely a great experience. You do, you do yoga, Jim.
0: You know what? I don't, Joe, but you put it in my head for the first time. Like I, I'm a big hey. cardio guy. I, I tell you what, I I mean, I, I ride the hell out of my Peloton. I like to turn the heat up. I think that I would like it. It's hard, though, man. Yoga's hard now.
1: It is challenging, Jim, but it is so worth it, man. Listen, if, you know, my son's 15, he's been, he's done it a few times. Like, he, he'll do it if I ask him. Like, he don't have no problem with it. And I think I think that's the probably the most thing I'm proud of because the the, the mental challenge that he gets from coming in that room because yeah. you're gonna get challenged, you're gonna have those thoughts in your head where you're like, man, do I want to get up out of here? Or should I just sit down? And like, if you can fight that and, and, and remain calm in those uh, in those stressful situations, but it's good stress. If you can remain calm in that, that that will help you mentally, man. And and I'm I'm uh, I'm impressed with my son probably more from that than anything.
0: I I love that. And believe me, I'm at a point in my life, Joe, where I want that. I want that toughness groove in my brain. I want that mental grit, that toughness. I get it. I get it. I know. I don't it. get it because I haven't done it. But I want what you're talking about, and I know this. I already know you've got the single greatest name ever for a yoga studio, <laughs> ISO Yoga. That's the best. So I'll tell you what. Why don't Thank Why don't you and I love that? Why don't you and I come together again when you throw the doors open to that spot so we can talk about it again?
1: Oh, for sure, for sure. Hey, don't miss it, Jim. I promise you, man. It's gonna be something you've never seen before.
0: I appreciate that, Joe. So great to get caught up, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate the conversation. I really appreciate that time, Joe. Thank you so much. Thank you, Joe. Hi, so Joe, what a class act. All that wisdom from almost two decades in pro basketball showed up with him for that conversation. The thing about Joe is this. He's not just wise on hoops. We got deep on grief and loss and fatherhood, leadership, and even hot freaking yoga. I'm talking about a guy who's extremely well-rounded, which is why he was the perfect guy to stretch it out with the original side hustle. Now, if you're looking for even more premium, extended, unfiltered, and free conversations like this one, then look no further because we have over 200 of them banked and waiting for a listen. And we've got a brand new chat dropping every single week, such as episode 220, which is going to land everywhere you find your podcast next week. If you don't want to deal with having to track it down, consider subscribing right now. That way, every single new app will come directly to you the second it does go live. So throw us a sub if you would be so kind. And in the meantime, I am going to throw you your voicemails.
2: First new message. Rome, hey, Jacques from North Carolina. Look, we really need a audio soundbite of all the Jungle Tourette's mixed together. Here is a list of a few that I got off the top of my head. I don't fish on a boat. I fish on a boat. Hey, John, it's not Ryan, it's Ryan. It's heartbreaking. It's devastating. Lunch with the monkey. Sure, i break bread with the monkey. Ionic. Rogan Loam. You know, you know, you know. Without the nicks and cuts of a blade. Unbelievable. Struggling. Fat. Below, not good. Global warming. Good night now. Those are just a few, brother. Love this show. I'm out. Message saved. Next message. Mac, driving my son home from his baseball practice. Tomorrow, wants a special breakfast. Ask him what he wants in the morning before school. What'd you say, boy? Better have my donut. (sighs) There we go. Message saved. Next message. Started out this Sunday feeling so uptight. And you know what happened. Skyrocketing flight. Afternoon delight. You could suck it, Draymond. Message deleted. Next message. Hi, Jim. Bella B. in Calgary. If you get another voicemail from that weirdo in Nevada who keeps saying he has dreams about you, he's full of shit, first of all. Secondly, if he is having dreams about you, why is he having them and calling you about it? I think you need to block that butthole. Message deleted. Next message. Hey, Jim. Rob from Reno had a dream about a theme song or the voicemails, and tried to bring it down to this reality, it goes something like this. Welcome to the Jim Rum Show. He's not here, he's not home. So, hey, hey, leave a message, he'll get back to you. Now do me a favor. Have a nice day. Have a nice day. Message deleted. Next message. Jim, Lance in Oklahoma City. I'm in the middle of listening to the Calais Campbell interview, and I must say you're doing a phenomenal job being a professional continuing to ask him about his career with those freaking birds going nuts. I can't hear or ingest anything that that man is saying because of all those birds. And I am here for the aftermath from the clones. All the comments and all the stupid sophomore messages coming because of these stupid birds, Jim. But you're a true professional. Message saved. You have no more messages.